Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. The Heart and Mind of Jesus, Hearing His Voice. To have a visual for this devotion, when you get a chance, do an online search for Harold Whittles in 1974, and a picture should come up of a young boy with a startled look on his face. That look is from hearing sound for the first time after a procedure enabled him to hear. Now, what would it take for us to hear God's word like that, as if for the first time? Well, that's what I'm asking you to try to do here. And you can practice, if you want, by listening to music for a few minutes. Then listen for a specific instrument. And once you hear it, try to listen for it only. This easy exercise helps with listening with intent and not glazing over Scripture. Our key verse is Luke. 4 4. In this verse, Jesus is in a confrontation with Satan, and Satan is trying to tempt him. And Jesus comes back with these words. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so I want us to focus on an important truth here the fact that men don't listen. And it's true across the board, whether Christian or not. And what are we to do about this lamentable fact? Pray is the only thing I know to do. Any woman listening to this, please, go easy on us. A man's mind is compartmentalized. It's why we don't normally multitask very well. And though God created us this way, but still he expects of us, all of us, to listen to his word. And this goes for listening as done like here or when his word is preached in church or elsewhere. I want to read from Ephesians 1.18, where Paul is praying. It's a verse, by the way, that every one of us should pray for ourselves every day. Ephesians 1.18. Paul prays that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, in this verse, the word understanding, it means deep thought. It's the faculty of the mind and its disposition. By implication, it's the exercise of the mind and the imagination. These lead to understanding. It could read like this. Using the mind in deep thought, we exercise our minds until we understand in the heart deep down into the spirit. This process passes through our minds and ideally lodges in the soul. And then Paul used the word enlightened. It means to shed rays. That is to shine or to brighten up, to enlighten and illuminate, to make, to see. For Paul to feel it necessary to pray this for believers tells me we don't see nor understand very well on a spiritual level. But this is where God operates. So when I say we need to listen, I mean more than hear the sound signifying a set of words attributed to Scripture. I mean to listen to the message. And let me reiterate here. This involves thinking about what we read or hear from God's Word, and then mulling it over to contemplate it, to meditate on it, until it passes through the mind's filter and into our spirit. For this is where all spiritual growth occurs. Let me ask you something. 
How many people wearing the Christian label can quote Bible verses to you, but their life betrays their claims? These may even be devout church members, but they are carnal in their ways and words when not quoting Scripture. I'm hitting hard on this because we as a nation of Christians are weak and powerless in the face of difficulties and struggles. And do you know why we're weak and powerless? Because we believe we are. Satan has many of us deceived. So I'm asking each one of you to listen to this message as if it's the first time you've ever heard God's Word. The lesson point is, listening takes intent. I want to read through several verses in the New Testament where Jesus tells us to listen. Matthew eleven fifteen, Jesus said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 13, 9. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Matthew 13, 43. And then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And he goes down through in Mark and several um, passages there, Mark 4, 9, 4, 23, and 7, 16, where he continues his admonition to listen. And then in Luke 8, 8, he gives a parable about the word of God being like seed. Listen to the words of Jesus in Luke 8, 8. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bore fruit a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried aloud, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then in Luke 14.35, Jesus is talking about salt that's pretty much useless. And he says, It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And then in Revelation, Jesus gives a discourse intended for the first century churches, and the messages are also intended for the present church age. I'll paraphrase some as I read. Revelation 2.7 You who have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To you who overcome, I give you to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 2.11 You who have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. You who overcome shall not be hurt of the second death. Revelation 2.17 You who have an ear to hear, Hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To you who overcome, I will give to eat of the hidden manna and give you a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no one knows except the one who receives it. And so in the context of Jesus' discourse to the churches, he is encouraging people to overcome the greatest threat to them. And what is that greatest threat to the human race? Unbelief is the greatest threat. But how so? Because people, by and large, don't believe what God declares about himself as revealed in the Bible. A large portion of the world's population doesn't even believe in God. And so Jesus tells the people of that day, and he's telling us to overcome unbelief. And the way to do this is to listen, read, and study the Word of God. And so in several more verses down through uh, Revelation chapter 2 uh, and down through Revelation 13, Jesus is reiterating the need to listen. 
And this word he keeps repeating, to hear, it's a primary verb. It means to give an audience to, to allow to come in and to be reported and then to understand what you hear. So I counted 17 times in the New Testament, Jesus said to listen. And he, above all others, knows the human heart and tendency of people to let the words of Scripture, his words, go no further than the eardrum. And why do you think this is so? Now, in summary, I am action-oriented. I don't know where I got it from, but it has served me well when dealing with addictions and the mental distress of PTSD, depression, and chronic anxiety. When attending counseling in the 90s, I was told it was a pleasure having me as a patient. I asked why. Now, counselors said most people come in, they only want to complain, but they never read any of the recommended books, and they wouldn't apply the principles that would have improved their lives. Well, not me. I wanted to become free of any and everything hindering me from having peace of mind. So I listened to all the counselor told me and then applied every psychological principle I could learn. And I practiced it until I mastered the techniques for the most part. And the relief I obtained from depression and anxiety wasn't total, but alleviated uh, both of these uh, disorders about 80%. This is one reason why I know it's so important to not only learn what God declares in Scripture, but to apply its lessons. Who would hold a bottle of life-saving medicine in their hand and not take it? Holding the Word of God as knowledge only and not applying it results in, well, the results are often tragic. And there's a reason God saw fit to record the words and deeds of His Son as He walked the earth and lived among the common people of His day. It's because He wants us to listen and learn. And doing these two things brings about the abundant life Jesus promised. Not pain-free living by any means, but abundant interaction with Almighty God on a daily basis and conveyed in deep spiritual love to your very heart and soul. So let me ask, do you want this? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. So the action to consider from this message is to read a familiar passage of Scripture as if seeing it for the first time. If you don't have a passage in mind, May I suggest Psalm 23? Look at each word for what it means, and then place it in the context of the whole passage. Think of the background for what is happening. Doing this brings Scripture alive, and it may take practice before it begins to take effect on your outlook of that passage, but it will enhance reading the Bible. Next week's episode, Moving Forward in the Spiritual Life After We Hear. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.